Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Sauls and the City. Today, despite being in quarantine, I'm so excited to be here with star of Bravo's Summer House, comedian and host of one of my favorite podcasts, Burning in Hell, Hannah Burner. Thank you for having me. You're the sweetest. It is an ensemble cast, but thank you. <laughs> well, you're my favorite character and unbiased <laughs> opinion. Okay, so... Hannah, tell me about yourself. Where are you from? How old are you? Where'd you go to school? What's your story? Um, I'm from Brooklyn, New York, originally, and I, um, I'm 28 years old, and I went to the University of Wisconsin, and everyone makes fun of me because I talk about tennis a lot, but I did play tennis there, <laughs> and I wanted to get that out of the way early on. <laughs> I, I joke because on the show... They asked me in the beginning on Summer House to explain, like, my tennis career in, like, a quick snippet. And then they replayed the same interview every single episode. <laughs> and everyone started making fun of me, being like, oh, do you play tennis? Maybe this girl can stop talking about tennis for one second. So, um, yeah, that's my story. And then now I am, um, after I quit tennis, I went to a dark place. And then I realized I wanted to get into video. Like, I was manifesting video of some kind. And I got a freelance gig for Betches, where I started doing social media videos. And then, and it was so fun for me. And I was, like, making memes and tweeting. And I started doing my own stuff and tweeting on my own. And then started my own podcast, Burning in Hell. And then got the call for Summer House. And then got fired from Betches. And now I'm doing my own thing. <laughs> awesome. So back when you were playing tennis, like you were really legit. I mean, playing for like at college and um, whatnot. How did that affect your mental health when you were actually playing the sport? I feel like at the time I didn't realize that I was suffering from anxiety. Like I, it was just what I was good at and what like society was telling me to keep doing. And there was like pressure because my parents were putting money into it and I could potentially you know get a full scholarship for school and as a young kid I think I put all my other anxieties into tennis as well like you know when it's never like really about the guy but you like put all your stress into him and you're, like, yeah about it. that's kind of what I did like prepubescently <laughs> <laughs> and I think I started to suffer from performance anxiety where like when I'd play I would just like would think myself into such like paralysis of like I can't hit a forehand or I can't hit a serve and I thought I just was a crazy person and then I I realized after tennis even though I was able to have a successful career I had it to I had to get control of my thoughts or at least like get in a healthy relationship with my thoughts um and that's when I like I also had a tough relationship after tennis where I like had to go to therapy because I was dealing with a lot of anxiety with that and I just realized so much of it is just the conversation in your own head and I didn't realize that like the thoughts in your head had that much of an effect of like the outcome of your life yeah definitely I think it one thing I've always found interesting kind of how you said like like tennis was causing you anxiety and you didn't even know it's like which came first the chicken or the egg like did do I have anxiety that's making me like stress about work or is it like the other way around you're right and I think that some things will spike your anxiety but it's like even when something stressful isn't happening to your life it's important to like do the same things that you would do if you were in an anxious situations like continually being nice to yourself and doing things that keep yourself healthy and 
it's I never like thought of my mind like I thought of my body which was like oh you have to stay fit and healthy and work it out and the mind is as important to be aware of yeah definitely so uh, why did you stop tennis I stopped playing tennis because it wasn't making me happy and it took a long time for me to realize that just because you're really good at something doesn't mean you should do it <laughs> yeah and also it was ma- it makes people around me really happy like when I'd win everyone would be so proud and I would get like accolades so I really in tennis I was trained to not like think my own thoughts it was just like do what the coach wants you to do and when you feel tired or stressed or sad or you know nervous just like numb those emotions so it took a lot for me to be like Hannah is this the life you want to live and I think the next step after college would be to go pro and going pro in tennis is way more difficult than like basketball or football where you basically get drafted and then you're on a team and they pay for everything where in tennis I would have to pay for my travel my gear my coaches oh wow I only get paid when I win and I just kind of was like do I want to do this for my ego to just be able to tell people like I played professionally for a couple years and like spend all my money that I saved up yeah (laughs) from college or do I just put up the white flag and I felt like a loser like I felt like a quitter and I felt like a failure and I remember just sitting at night like at like 23 just like crying in bed and being like why did you put your whole life into this sport if it wasn't like what you're meant to do because I like I didn't want to do it but then I also would miss it kind of like an ex-boyfriend where like you're like he's not good for me but then you like yeah back at it with rose-colored glasses and you're like but it was so fun that one time we had brunch it also was like such a part of your life it's like yeah like who it's almost like who are you without tennis like exactly I mean not really but like that's what it was going through your mind and I knew I had other skills but I felt really behind like everyone else like for a second I was like I want to get into fashion then I'm like people have been doing fashion since they're like 15 and I'm just gonna (laughs) start it at like you you think time is like so different when you're younger yeah like when I now I'm like if you're 78 and you want to start an inch like a new career do it yeah exactly (laughs) Life is too short to just, like, not do things because you want to – because you like them. I also thought video – I was like, how can I make money in that? But I realized real quickly when I was – I was in sales right after college because it was so similar to tennis. I was just cold calling, super competitive, but I was doing well, making money. And I was like, this doesn't make me happy. So very early on, I was like, doing what you don't want is not worth it. And making a lot of money doing something you don't want is also not worth it. So I had to kind of like hit rock bottom. <laughs> yeah, I feel like everyone does. And it's funny you said at 23 because that's also like when I was at my lowest. And like I feel like they don't talk about that enough of how 23 is like the worst year <laughs> ever. Yeah, it's the worst because like I think the first year out of college you're transitioning. And then 23 you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm supposed to do this for the rest of my life? This yeah, exactly. Sucks. And you're like, there. it's like. And I, I, yeah, like when I came into New York, I was like, oh my gosh, all my friends are here. We're going to like have sex in the city as our lifestyle, like see everyone. And then I was like, wait, actually, I don't see them ever. And I'm like with a shitty roommate and I'm busy and I hate everything. So yeah, they should talk about it more. (laughs) No, a hundred percent. And that so many people at 25, like would go on trips to like, you know, Thailand (laughs) or, you know, um like random ass places to like just like start over like go on a 
fucking six week yoga retreat. Like everyone was becoming yoga instructors yeah. at like twenty six because everyone was like, I don't want to do corporate America. I think that's also the, the millennial mindset. Yeah. So it was at twenty six that I got the Betches opportunity, which was I literally just like submitted a bunch of funny videos to them. They're like, you have no experience, but we like your ideas, so we'll bring you on for like three hundred dollars a week. Oh, and I awesome. really think like it the take like take an unpaid internship if it's in the direction of what you want to do and what like brings you joy. Definitely. So you mentioned that you started going to therapy like around after you hit rock bottom. Do, did mm-hmm. things start kind of like like what did you realize about yourself through therapy initially? So it's funny because I did like a little bit of sports therapy in college, but I was like too in the moment to like really be able to listen to what advice I was being given because I'm like I have a match tomorrow how do I fix my serve Um, yeah I actually and during college is when I first went on anti like SSRIs Mm -hmm. I I went on 20 milligrams of this drug called Paxil that I found who knows I know 20 milligrams is small but and it might have just been a placebo effect but it really like quieted my brain from some of the unnecessary like obsessive loops thinking and like OCD thoughts that are just like irrelevant (laughs) but just like hinder you being yourself um and I do think like the reason why I'm funny is because I'm like very observational and I have a trillion thoughts in my head and like I take the funniest ones and I put them on Twitter but they're like (laughs) they start from six sad thoughts you know yeah And I feel like once I learned, I still didn't learn after tennis that I, like, had an issue with how I talked to myself. Because, like, I was, grew up in a very, like, critical environment of just coaches, parents, like, fellow people just criticizing me all the time in my tennis game. Like, that's all it was. It's like, you're not good enough. You're not, you know, doing well enough. You're not working hard enough. It was constantly like, are you working hard enough? Are you working hard enough? Are you making the best out of this? That's intense coming from like someone 10 years old to 21, just like the constant pressure. Yeah. You just start thinking voices in your head from those people. Like you lose your own sense of voice. So anyway, long story short, I got into a relationship at like 25 when I was like real lost with this like really successful, like, whatever guy and I thought I was like oh my god I feel relevant again I feel like I'm inspired and like I loved his lifestyle he was actually in comedy and I just like kind of fell in love with his lifestyle and and when I say lifestyle I mean like he was just creative all the time like he would do shows at night podcasts during the day and I'm like you can make money from this yeah and he was super charming but I ultimately like ended it like it wasn't right for me even though everyone around me was like he's great and it wasn't right for me. And it took me, like, having, like, panic attacks to realize, like, my body told me, like, you need to get out. And I, like, was having trouble eating towards the end. And I am, like, I have the best appetite. Not to brag. <laughs> but I can throw down. So it was weird. I, like, couldn't even finish a sandwich. And people were like, are you okay? It was very unlike me. So I saw a therapist. And that's when she started being, like, let's start from, like, you living through 9-11 and like you feeling like to make people happy around you you have to perform well and like let's talk about your relationship with your parents or let's talk about how you ended up in this relationship with this guy that's similar to your relationship with someone else and I started to realize like oh my god 
all I have to do is stop being so fucking mean to myself. Yeah, it's and so true. Myself. Like, I just would pressure myself to do all these things and have these expectations of other people. And I finally was, the second I got out of that relationship, even though it felt like I was, like, again, at rock bottom, that was when everything started to, like, work for me. Because I even started, I'm getting, you know, intimate, but I started to, like, when I'd go to sleep, I would just, like, hold one of my hands in my other hand and I would just feel like I'm here for you like I love that for you and it's it's like a weird I don't know if it's like a physical touch thing but I just was like I'm holding my own hand okay motherfuckers like I don't need (laughs) any help because it starts with me me being nice to myself and you think if you're nice to yourself it's like oh you're being lazy or like you're letting yourself go it's like no 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 you're empowering yourself yeah it's I think one of the like realist quotes is talk to yourself like you'd talk to one of your best friends yeah because because I remember my sister once just turning to me and be like why do you keep like saying such mean things to yourself or I mean it was said differently she was probably more like critical but (laughs) it's true it's like just we really like um manifest like how like our own lives and then if we're constantly being mean or constantly thinking negatively like the negative situation is going to happen and what's also cool about something like meditation, they say, like, you're going to have lots of thoughts come in your head that you can't control. And it's just about not attaching to them and believing them. And at first I was like, is that like lying to yourself? But they were like, no, those thoughts are not you. And I was like, what does that even mean? It's my thought. They're like, no, no, those thoughts are from your past and other people and society. And they were like, those thoughts are like having a shitty roommate. And once you can detach from them and say, like, those are anxiety thoughts and that's not Hannah, that's not me, that's when I got empowered. Because normally I'd get, like, a shitty thought and I'd be like, fuck, I need to ride this wave and figure it out and think it out. Um, Whether it's if you lose today, like, your parents are going to be really mad. Or if you lose today, like, everyone, no one's going to respect you. Like, that's a thought you can easily have. But then you could just laugh at it and be like, okay, shitty roommate, like, I'm going on Craigslist and finding someone new. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Instead of being like, please, tell me more about this. How's it going to ruin my life? It's, like, really having the self-awareness to, like, be able to separate that that part of your brain from, like, everything else. Exactly. And realizing that just because you think it doesn't mean it's true and doesn't mean you have to believe it in the long run. Because that shit affects you. The energy that you have, like, in your brain – comes out in different ways and I think once I started being more positive that's when like I was doing better at my job I had more friendships I was like less competitive and like in a pissy mood all the time because I was thinking more positively and it like attracted better people in my life and then when you have better people in your life they inspire you to do more things and then I had people in my life you know recommend me for summer house or like get um recommend me to be on podcasts or be in their podcast and it just it's really um it's like a manifestation of the more positivity you put out, the more you'll gain. It's even, they talk about like money manifestation, like the more you spend, the more you'll make. And that sounds wild, but it's been proven. And -hmm. that's the same way with like positive energy. So I, I, I could talk about this shit for hours. I'm like, (laughs) that's so cool. I feel I love love mental health too. So speaking (laughs) of, so when did you start your podcast and like what inspired you to create it? Great question. So I started my podcast when I was 
um, working at Betches, and I was doing a variety of things, but I was, like, the video producer there, and I would do these interviews with these, like, celebrities, and they'd, we'd have, like, reality TV people, like, kind of, like, funny, absurd celebrities, and I always thought, like, if you were rich or f- and famous, like, that's, you're happy, like, if you're successful or doing what you want to do, you're happy, and I realized all these people have, like, so many demons, some of them even more so than the average person, and I was like, I want the people that we look up to, to, like, sit them down and have a deep talk about, like, what keeps them up at night, what their insecurities are, to realize, like, we're all so similar, and from that, I learned that we really are all the same, Yeah. but it's about, like, just what you want and these a lot of the people who like get fame or get wealth it's not because like it's luck like they really want it but sometimes the people who want it it's not always for good things like a lot of celebrities they need the constant affirmation and attention because like they didn't get it from their parents a childhood or like they have extremely low self-esteem like there's reasons people like don't care about fame it's like because they they love themselves enough and don't need to be told by everyone around them yeah exactly even ryan serhant who i had on who's like so so wealthy and so successful and famous and he was like hannah every day i have a crippling fear that it's all gonna go to shit and i could lose it all so i have to wake up at like 6 a.m every morning and work my butt off all day and i'm like are you happy and he's like no (laughs) yeah it's insane i think i forget i think i was talking to like someone who I had on my podcast about how it just makes sense that famous people or like if you got yourself to be famous like you have a probably a lot of anxiety because you're you know constantly working hard type a so it would make even though we look at them like like celebrities like they have it all they probably hate themselves even more because they have all this like pent up emotion and like in addition to getting like you know feedback from the public and every day and things like that yeah it's like they will sacrifice putting themselves out there because like they they love that affirmation and attention and I feel like with me it kind of makes sense like I was I was raised with like when I would do well and perform well like I felt like people loved me more and like people (laughs) did (laughs) so I like trained myself that like to feel like worthy I I wanted to like do great things um and I'm I'm still battling that with myself that like even if I'm not like performing or like doing well on paper that I'm okay just being me I think that's my like next battle with even just like relationships because like I have to work on being like a guy will love me like regardless if I'm you know doing well in this or that um and it's what drives me and makes me successful but it's, like, out of a fear that, like, well, if I didn't do that, I would not feel good about myself. And you don't want to live that kind of life based on, like, expectations for yourself. I recently read a really good article about, like, expectation versus intention. Where, Interesting. like, if you live life with expectations, you will not be happy. You'll constantly be feel like you're failing and you won't enjoy the journey. But if you live life with an intention then it's like you can't fail if you just have an intention of of certain things for example like dating if your intention is to go on a date with a guy and make him like you and like make him want to date you that's like inevitable to fail and even if you do get it you have another expectation you set on yourself and it's constant Mm -hmm. like bullshit 
But if you just go on the intention of, like, I want to have a fun time on this date, or, like, I want to get to know this guy, that's where happiness comes. Yeah, and it can't go wrong because, like, worst case, you realized, like, you got to know him and you didn't like him. And exactly. You can move on. And I think a lot of the time I would see dating, like, a game where I just, like, find a guy and be like, he's 6'4". <laughs> I like his swag. I like our back and forth i want to date him and i would like win like i would get him to date me and then eight months later i'd be like wait i don't even like this man (laughs) (laughs) and it's fucked and it's terrible but it's also being nice to yourself like when you realize you mess up or like do stupid things being like oh i learned from this instead of being like oh you fucked up you're a failure yeah like i i feel like the most successful people are ones who aren't afraid to make constant mistakes And I do think that in tennis, I was very expectation oriented, where in comedy, I've like fallen in love with the journey of it. And I'm much more intention based, like I'll get off stage and I'm just like, damn, I'm proud of you for like putting yourself out there. And I just I'm at the point now where it's like, I don't the only reason I kind of want fame is for my voice to be heard right now. I love that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I just feel like I was put on this earth, like and I've for whatever reason have a big fucking mouth and have like a strength to me and if I'm that person that can like voice something to help other people like I want to do it and I realize the more people that like I went on summer house because I I basically told them like look if you want like a hot mess type of girl who's going to start fights all the time like that's not me and I literally can't do it but if you want a girl who can show like that she she can be strong but also vulnerable like funny and like could be a boss but also deals with depression and anxiety like I can be all those things for you because that's real <laughs> yeah like, women are complex we're not just like the hot one or the the funny one you know or like the crying one yeah that's so the true <laughs> so so yeah I was gonna say like wait, were you hesitant at all when they asked you to join like because I feel like reality tv is often really like correlated or you know associated with like causing anxiety and causing problems like how did you separate yourself from that great question I think that I um but I wouldn't have been able to do it if I was like 23 or 24 because I was like so um unsure of who I was and like judging myself and hard on myself but I did it at 27 where I I basically had hit rock bottom multiple times and was like I fucking know who I am I don't mind showing America who I am and I have shit to say. Like, I, they made fun of me first season that I was on. They called me Dr. Hannah because I would always <laughs> try to, like, sit down people and be like, okay, why do you feel that way? And I would, like, and they were like, we don't care. That's not what the show's about. We're not trying to, like, for you to therapize everyone. And I'm like, but I just want to <laughs> help people. <laughs> no, it's so and true. Like, Shut up. This is a reality TV show. It's about making mistakes. And I'm like, like, I'd be like, Carl, what happened with your father that made you treat this girl like this and they're like Hannah people this is level television like calm down so I do think also I'm at a different time with reality tv like I never wanted to do reality tv I've never like submitted myself for the bachelor or like done any type of like there's some people I feel like who are like I'd be great at it I never was that person I was like yeah. I'm too competitive and I'm too self-aware but reality tv has evolved where like I'm seeing the exposure it's giving people and Summer House, to be honest, wasn't doing great on Bravo when me and Paige first decided to do it. Like, we both were kind of like, if you if you do it, I'll do it. And she was like, I'll do it. <laughs> and we're like, okay. <laughs> and we the fact that it's gotten such great 
response after two seasons, like we're in the fourth season now, is amazing. But I really was like, look, if I go on this show and I get exposure, I, unlike back then, where like if you were on reality TV, they just control everything and the press says whatever they want. I have my own outlets to tell my own story. So if people like me, I'm like, they could go to my Instagram and see like further what I want to say or like listen to my podcast and understand like how my brain works. And if you don't like me, cool. You know, I, one big piece of advice someone gave me was like, if you go on the show, just make sure you're like all yourself because if you just kind of half-ass it, people feel very like meh about you. Yeah. So, like make sure they either like fucking love you or they don't like you. And that's better than them being like, what's her name again? Yeah, for so, sure. I kind of was like, I'm going to go all in for me. And I have been able to kind of detach a little to understand like we, this is entertainment. And once it airs and people have their opinions, it's like, this is what comes from me putting myself out there. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. It's like a bigger platform to just share your message at the end of the day. A hundred percent. I try to tell some of my like, um, people I work with on the show, (laughs) I work with, but like other people in the house that they get, some of them are really sensitive with the messages that we get of like people being like, just mean. And I'm like, dude, first of all, what kind of people are on Twitter being mean to strangers on TV? Those people never be your friends. Like you only care what your friends would think about. And then also everything they're saying is they're projecting their own shit onto you. Like I probably remind a girl of like their ex's ex-girlfriend or something they're taking out of me or like their dad didn't you know wasn't there for them at all and I'm complaining about my dad you know during when he was coaching me and they're taking it out on me like I just know you have you can't like take those things to heart and you also can't let those things repeat in your head definitely so one thing I I remember you talking about on your podcast which I thought was such an interesting way to look at it was how reality TV is almost like group therapy because you're forced to talk about your emotions. Yeah. So I was like drunk group therapy. True. I mean like, and you're going to talk about it cause it's like after, you know, five glasses of rosé, but like, I th- I was wondering if you could like talk more about that and specifically with guys because guys don't open up. Yeah. Well, if you think about being on a reality TV show is just talking all day. Like True. you're just having conversations all day and I feel like I went in very bad at communication and I mean, sorry, confrontation Yeah, and communication sometimes. (laughs) So, so I would like get in a little, like, if you get in a fight with your, with someone, you normally then just like talk to your best friend and be like, fuck that person. They're disrespectful. I don't like them. But instead you're living in a house with them. So we would then have to like deal with them the next day. And like, I'd be like stuck in a canoe with someone I just fought with. (laughs) the day and you'd be put in these social situations that you'd normally like deflect or yeah avoid. or avoid so, yeah so because I was thrown into these uncomfortable social situations I really learned to mature and like face a lot of my fears and it's kind of that's just like basic I, I forget what the therapy's called but it's like if you have a fear of speaking you just slowly like do it more and more oh and more yeah yeah like until um, you're desensitized yeah it's true so I like basically learned that confrontation is sometimes way better than just ignoring a person but I'm very like I joke like I'm Sicilian I'm like one and done like you fuck me over like I don't you're cut you're done yeah (laughs) but but I learned that like sometimes first of all there's three different sides to the story I really realized it's true like 
it's your side, their side, and like the old, not the truth, but like what actually you're happened. Experiencing, yeah, you're experiencing different things that you you both, if, unless if you're in their head, you don't really know what they're going through. So I've realized I'm not always right about everything, which was hard. <laughs> but <laughs> that like sometimes like the way you perceive a situation isn't a hundred percent what's happening, or you take things too personally, or they take things too personally. So it's cool. To, to see, like, the behind the scenes of how, like, drama plays out and how you react to things. It's wild. But yeah, like, everyone relates to it because it's everything it's real. happens. It's real. Um, and then also I realized with confrontation, sometimes your friendship gets stronger when you confront someone about something because it means you care. And it, it means that you, like, want it. And they see you so honestly. But it was just the first season... I would literally, like, whisper something if I had to confront someone. I'd be like, I didn't like how you said this. And and I realized, like, for example, Lindsay, who's, like, very good at confrontation on the show, I was so scared of her, and I realized she's not going to respect me until I confront her and we, like, fight some shit out. And she's the kind of person that, like, literally likes you more when you fight with her. Again, that's not necessarily healthy, but you just realize confrontation does not always mean that people are going to hate you for the rest of your life. Yeah, if anything, it shows you, like, a backbone. And stand up for yourself. Exactly. Um, And also, I mean, one thing that it it must be similar, I imagine, in reality TV, but I found in podcasting is, like, it's so therapeutic. Just, like, speaking thoughts into existence. Have you found that with your podcast? Oh, 100%. I, I also am, like, I am an entrepreneur at heart, and I, like, I'm so bad with authority. So not that I, like, disrespect authority but like I have so many of my own thoughts and like ways I want to do things and I hate being put into a box so having my own podcast was like a place where I can just say whatever I want and get reactions from whoever and there's no one telling me like I'm talking too much or I'm being too silly or I'm being too serious and it was just me and I love that people like we're able to listen to my conversations with people like I love and I can't like I'm very picky of who I have in my podcast and most of them are people who I've known for like a decent amount of time and I think you can tell when it's someone that I haven't met because it's like a different vibe but um it's like I think of it like an album of how I put all these people of different experiences together that I want to give to the world and oh it's been so therapeutic And also, there's so many friends that I'm like, okay, I really want to know her dark shit, but, like, it's not inappropriate at this party. So I'm like, hey, do you want to come on Burning in Hell? And then I'm like, what are you insecure about, bitch? Because you're so fucking confident. Or I'd be like, what happened with your parents? Because you always make jokes about it on on stage, but I want to know, like, the real deal. And the stuff I've heard about people, I've seen, I had people on that I was like, this is not going to be a good conversation. And then I find out, like, their parents are Jehovah's Witness or like they almost killed themselves in in middle school because some shit and like just crazy shit that you would never think would happen and it just teaches you like do not judge people and you have no idea what people are going through for sure I remember I mean my second guest which I am very grateful for was Francis and like I was super nervous at the time because like he's so big and and then he just started opening up about shit and I was like oh my god this is it's like this is going to be such an amazing episode it was just so wild yeah i also think that like he's asked all the time like so it was like we're gonna barstool or it's people want to talk about real shit and i think like millennials too we're like stop with the bullshit and let's like 
get real about everything. Like, stop with the fake social media shit. Stop with the filters. Like, let's talk about what's actually going on so that we can help each other. Definitely. Okay, so I, I've been really wanting to do this because you always ask um, the seven deadly sins on yours. So I wanted to know what your seven deadly sins were. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wild. I've actually, I like, kind of did it before, but not really. Okay, I'll ask them one by one. Okay, awesome. <laughs> what are you greedy about? I think I'm greedy about... Oh, my God, now I'm becoming the guest. We're like, I don't know. Um, I'm greedy about creating. Like, I just... The second I create something and put it out there and, like, people are responding or people are liking it, I'm like, what's the next thing I can create? <laughs> um, I just love a thought that is in my head and then seeing it come become, like you know, a post. Yeah, or something tangible. Something tangible, a podcast. So, yeah, I just love creating. I always loved projects. When I was a kid, I was always, like, painting something or building something. And my teacher would joke with my mom that, like, my one issue is I never finished my project. They're like, she has 14 different um, (laughs) watercolor paintings going on, and the girl has an issue. (laughs) Wait, I'm totally like that, too. I'll get an idea, and I'm like, okay, I'm doing it. And then, like, one in five will actually last more than ten. <laughs> At weeks. least one in five happens. Better than 0 for 0. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I, like, I would be, like, a really shitty entrepreneur because I would just be, like, I, I was, like, oh, I'll create, like, a, like, a, what did I call it? Like, a baking subscription box. And, like, I really thought I was going to do it. And then I created the podcast mm-hmm. instead. Much happier. Well, but you are being entrepreneurial with the podcast. And I do think some ideas, like, are good ideas, but, like, will you actually be able to do it for a long period of time? And I also learned that, I don't know, I feel like with creating, you just have to, you can't be judgmental of yourself. You just have to keep creating and see what happens. For sure. Yeah, I mean, when I first created the podcast, everyone gave me so much shit. They're like, oh, of course you're trying to start a podcast. And then I got Tyler Cameron's roommate and Francis, and they were like, no one was talking anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, that's right. It's because they probably want to and they don't have the balls. <laughs> It's, like, classic. Oh, love it. But, okay. Who, who are you envious of? I'm envious of... Okay. The... Oh, actually. Oh, my God. This is a good one. Sometimes I'm just envious of men. Like, oh, I get... Yes. I hate to be, like, Taylor Swift right now, but I'll get envious of, like, a guy who, like, will walk into a room and just, like, immediately command respect of people, like, in his industry, where, like, sometimes... I feel like whenever I get into a conversation, I have to, like, prove that I'm witty or, like, prove that I'm funny or, like, prove that I'm going to work hard. And it's, like, I feel like guys can go into meetings and stuff, and that stuff is already projected onto them. 100%. What are you gluttonous about? I'm gluttonous about sleep. (laughs) I know. And also, I'm, like, the anti, like, you don't have to wake up at 6 a.m. Like, I love sleep so much. It might be from, like, being traumatized from having to wake up at 6 a.m. every day for tennis. But, like... I, I now have no one tell me what to do. And I'm like, if I feel like sleeping, I'm going to sleep. Um, and I also am gluttonous. Like, I, I know exactly what I want to eat. I'm very good at knowing. Like, my friends will call me to be like, what am I in the mood to eat? Like, I, like girls are supposed to be like, they never know what to eat. No, I know exactly what I fucking want. And I'm going to get it. Like, I'll literally wake up and be like, I need Chinese chicken and broccoli tonight. Or like, I need Thai food. Or I need, you know, penny al vodka. And I will get it. So, Yeah. <laughs> now I'm hungry. <laughs> no, I love that. Um, when was the last time you experienced extreme wrath? Um, the last time I experienced 
extreme wrath. I think sometimes I feel extreme wrath with politics right now because, like, I I try not to actually listen to the news that much. I'll just, like, ask my parents what's going on because I don't understand the logic sometimes or, like, how things even got to this place, and I'm kind of a control freak. So if I can't feel like I can make any kind of change or impact immediately, I'm just like, fuck this. This is so annoying, and I'm over it. Because I'm like, they're smarter. Like, even with the corona stuff, I'm like, there's smarter people than me out here. We need to make some fucking decisions. And I was getting super angry with, like, how in New York City, like, no one knew what to do for, like, a good two weeks, but we knew something was looming, and I was, like, just upset with lack of leadership. Oh, 100%. It's, like, that whole time, it was, like, New York's gonna be fucked. Like, there's no way. shows, at, like, comedy shows, when I was, like, are we sure? And they're, like, yeah, it's fine. And I'm, like, people were putting, you know, money ahead of their health, but they didn't know it. They just were, like, I'm not closing my business unless someone who knows what's going on is says something. And I'm, like, I'm not a fucking scientist. I don't know. Yeah, well, hopefully we'll, I mean, who knows, hopefully we'll be able to be, like, six feet, less than six feet apart soon. Yeah. When was the last time you were a sloth? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I've been, like, sleeping until, like, 11 every day during the quarantine, and then I'll eat breakfast, and then I'll, like, do a podcast. Or I'm trying to create, like, one thing a day. I'm not, like, putting a lot of pressure on myself to, like, write a fucking novel or like come up with some I'm I was joking that like people like Einstein created the theory of relativity during the plague if you were a dimwit before you're not gonna be like a genius after like I know I'm not creating a fucking like invention I'm still doing what I love to do and I'm just trying to like give myself some sense of schedule yeah Um, and I'm also kind of a night owl like and I kind of I could work on being a morning person but like I'm at, like, 10 p.m. I'm, like, all up on Instagram, like, coming up with tweets, sharing stuff, talking to people on FaceTime, doing lives. Like, that's where I thrive. And right now, like, I basically told my manager, I'm, like, yeah, I'll do a podcast, but anytime after 2. And she's, like, are you okay? And I'm, like, yeah. She's, like, I know you don't have any plans before 2. I'm, like, I do. It's called I'm not going to be awake. (laughs) Getting ready for the day. When was the last time you let your pride get in the way of something? Um... Great question. I love how I'm like, great question. Like, I, didn't, I don't know all the time. Like, As you don't end every that? episode of this. And this is also the tough one. I'll think of a recent one. My pride. Um, I think that sometimes, like, I, I, I work really hard with what I do. So I'll get annoyed. I'll get prideful with, like, because I shared something or I did this for someone that I feel like they, you know, should do that for me. Um, but then I realized like, no, there's no game. Like you don't, no one owes anything anyone does. So you just have to kind of like put your positive energy out there and some people will reciprocate and some won't. Definitely. I feel like sometimes for me at least, like, I don't really know if I have that much pride because I'm so like Mm -hmm. self-critical or things like that. But I guess, I don't know. It's always well, it's somewhere. Like, you could have let your pride get in the way of, like, reaching out to me and be like, well, if she doesn't respond the first time, like, fuck this. And I think that, like, for example, people go on my podcast and some of them, like, won't even share it. And at first I'll be pissed and then I'll be like, you know what? It's not that was it's not their job. If they want to. They want to. I don't know what's going on in their life that maybe, like, they didn't want to. And that's okay because I'm just creating. I can control what I can control. Exactly. And when was the last time you lusted over someone? 
Um, I feel like oh, when was the last time I lusted over someone? Who do I recently think is hot? <laughs> um, thirteen year olds on TikTok. It's really bad. Oh my gosh, I know. I always forget like how old people are until it's like, so bad. It's I was so like, bad. <laughs> I have a whole comedy bit about it where I'm like TikTok's super confusing because it's like impossible to navigate, <laughs> and I also. I'm confused because I have a crush on a 13-year-old named Chase. And <laughs> it's just like, I will, you'll see like some guy and, you're, and they're just, I mean, let's be honest. Hot guys are hot guys, but it's like, you, it's just inappropriate. <laughs> it's like, literally like Facebook existed before you were born. Like <laughs> Exactly. But they like, they get all swaggy and they have the lighting and whatever they're doing. Um, I so love yeah, TikTok. That was the, my creepy answer. <laughs> So I, I modeled my podcast a little after yours, and I ask five questions at the end. So I love that. <laughs> I'm going like to switch into these. I feel like it's people listen so that they like, are like, ooh, I wonder what Hannah or so-and-so is going to say to the questions they already know. I love that format. Yeah, and I, it's, like, it's fun to know because I feel like it always like opens the door for something I didn't expect. Yeah. First question. What's one thing in your life that's happened to you that's made you a stronger person today? Um, I think – that once getting fired um, made me stronger because getting fired is like the ultimate rejection and as someone who's like type a and just like wants to succeed all the fucking time it's super competitive getting fired is like a huge hit in the ego yeah (laughs) but I realized like I wasn't it wasn't a good fit for me anymore and I kind of hit the glass ceiling there because I had all this stuff going on for myself the way it was done I think was not right but like they knew deep down like that I was outgrowing it Mm -hmm. and I didn't know and then the second like that door closed so many doors opened for me and I think people have to realize that even during this crazy time like humans are so resilient we're so resourceful and whenever someone calls me and they're like I'm inspired to start this but I don't know because of this this I'm always like believe in yourself like you've always come through okay so I just realized, like, even if you lose your job, you're bad on money, like, you will find a way and just, like, do what you want to do. <laughs> Definitely. Do you believe everything happens for a reason? Um, I believe – I don't really believe that everything happens for a reason. I believe that, like, you're, you need to learn from everything that happens because if you don't learn from things, they will repeatedly happen to you. Oh, definitely. If that makes like I believe in. I also believe in karma. Like I believe that if you give, like it's that kind of energy, circular energy. Um, but I don't. I think sometimes, like the, the life will keep hitting you with the same obstacles if you keep responding the wrong way. Oh, that's well said. Yeah, I know it's totally true. It's like fool, the whole like fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. And so you could argue like. I was always like the universe is testing me um, yeah. <laughs> because it's like, this is my weakness. So I do think like everything happens for a reason is, is a good thing to say. Ugh, it's not everything happens for a reason. It's more like everything's going to be okay. Yeah, exactly. Do you have a favorite quote or a mantra that you live by? My favorite quote is this like basketball quote, which is very Brooklyn of me, but <laughs> it's even if it's raining, the hoop is always there. And it's kind of like this sports quote that just shows like even when you're depressed or even when it's dark, like there's still the hoop is there. Like you can still there's still opportunities. You just can't see it. I love that. That's I think I heard. I remember that you saying that on We Met at Acme. 
Oh my god, it's so funny you've heard me on. So I know, I'm so creepy. Like, I, no, but you're probably like all these answers I've heard. So. No, I, <laughs> only that one, only that one. Because okay, I was doing... okay. As I'm talking, I'm like, she's heard this fucking story already. <laughs> no, no, and I love that. That's cool. And what do you love most about yourself? Oh my gosh. Um, I think I love being goofy. I think that in any moment when you can like get in your head, like, am I, you know, smart enough or pretty enough or talented enough, I can always be goofy. <laughs> and like, no one can take that away from me. I love that. And it like, it makes people want to be around you more. Hopefully. I mean, not right now, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> well, they want to, and they just like, can't. Be, be goofy on Instagram Live and leave it at that. Okay, and lastly, how do you find solace in the city like, if it weren't a pandemic? I find solace in the city by having a pet. I'm, like, obsessed with animals, and I have a cat called Butter. I have, like, a nameplate necklace that says Butter. People are like, do you love dairy? And I'm like, no, it's my baby daughter. Um, she keeps me sane. Like, with all the craziness going on, I'll go home, and she just, like, wants my love and affection, and... I have to remember to feed her and clean her litter and it keeps me grounded. Um, and I also think with the city is like to find a small circle of people who like you actually fucking like. Yeah. No, <laughs> Not it's true. just like people who help you with your career, like people who you're friends with when you were young, like find people you actually really like. I love that. And I'm going to pull from your podcast because I feel like right now, given the pandemic and all this, you know, this is definitely hell. <laughs> yeah. Like how, what advice would you give to people, like, specifically now on how to, like, process this? Because I feel like, as, some, as someone who's, like, had anxiety in the past, like, I've lived with it. So I feel like this is nothing new. But, mm. you know, I feel like a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, you're like, oh, you guys feel trapped in your own brains? Like, Welcome. oh, yeah, exactly. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been here a while. <laughs> like, Welcome to the party. <laughs> I do think that, like, we, you have to focus on what you can control and – you might feel guilty like having a day where you feel happy or like having a day where you, you're not worrying about stuff but like your own mental health affects everyone around you and really puts your mental health first and also mental health affects physical health like anxiety mm -hmm. affects your body and I think like let go of what you can't control and focus on being nice to yourself and realizing like we are in a tough time but we're all in it together and it's really easy to put pressure on yourself to like in, an, in this new ritual but it's like embrace the new ritual embrace change humans are resilient and like we will figure it out yeah it's, but like life is tough and we're we're getting another thing thrown at us yeah and we'll come out stronger exactly exactly hannah thank you so much for this like i yeah, this so much fun idolize you and i think you're so cool and really just making such a like amazing change to the mental health community and like really awesome like where can everyone follow you listen to you plug your podcast summer house like all the stuff oh my god thank you so summer house is every wednesday at 9 p.m I, eastern i highly recommend you guys watch it's a very like escapist type thing that'll make you forget your issues for <laughs> a solid hour to be like wow there's people crazier than me out there and then um, burning in hell is b-e-r-n-i-n-g is my mental health comedy podcast and then follow me at Being Burns anywhere, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, whatever. And um, I'm trying to bring that quality content to keep everyone smiling. 
Oh, love that. Thank you so much. I'm going to stop recording now. Bye, everyone. (laughs) That's what I usually say. (laughs) Hey, guys. Um, I'm back. Hope you enjoyed this episode with Hannah. That was honestly, like, the coolest thing ever. I mean, it sucks that I didn't get to record in person, but that's life now or for the foreseeable future. But um, just so you guys know, like, a little bit about why that was such a cool episode for me. Basically, back last year when I started getting really into podcasts, I found, like, a bunch of, you know, start listening to one and then had they have a cool guest who had their own podcast or listening to that one like etc etc and her podcast uh burning in hell was one of my like absolute favorites um she gets like really awesome people to open up about their mental health and since she's so funny it like ends up being really funny too um and yeah like her recommendation for anchor was the reason why i like knew how to make one originally so yay (laughs) um well we're still in coronavirus life so i'm in quarantine in new york and i'm probably gonna be here for a while um i decided not to go home to new jersey um for a number of reasons i just don't really want to bring anything home in case like i came in contact with the virus um which you know, in New York, it's probably like a high likelihood that I did. Um, but yeah, I'm just like doing more like consistent Zooms and FaceTimes and things like that. But please reach out to me whenever because I love talking to people, obviously. And yeah, um, so one thing I was thinking about for the next episode or like an episode down the line um, would be actually a solo episode. I... <laughs> not like where I just be talking, but, um, I was thinking of making a like Google. Oh my gosh. These sirens. God. Anyway, I was thinking of making like a Google doc and then sending it out or like attaching it to my, I don't know, like somehow getting it to you guys. And then anyone could like write a question on it or something like that. And then I could go through the questions during the episode. Um, both I think this could be like a cool idea and I could answer some of your questions you may have of like about my own life if you care or like mental health in general or anything I've gone through because I think I feel like I've really gone through the ringer um and then yeah I could talk about it and hopefully share my own experience with you guys and like hopefully that could help Uh, I think it could be a helpful episode and also I just don't really have many people to record with because of covid but yeah if that's something you guys would be interested in please like dm me or something but again i'm trying to make this google docs so you can be anonymous but if you don't really care about me knowing which you shouldn't just dm me anyways i hope you guys are all safe and healthy and self-isolating and still taking care of your brains and your minds and yeah bye guys <laughs>